0: Shut up, and sit down. Okay, that's it. Final show of the season, guys. Welcome back to The Quiet Part Loud. My name's Daryl, I'm your host as always, and this is episode 63. And as I preface there, this is the last episode of the year. I don't know if this will even go up before... Uh, Christmas because there's a bit of a delay with iTunes uh, but nevertheless wanted to do a final show as it's been a couple of weeks since we were last on the mic with episode 62 um, combative combative Um, so just wanted to kind of recap on what the past couple of weeks have been. What they've been like, where I've been at, you know what's been going on, um, and then just just wrap this bitch up and get into Christmas. Uh, my wife and I were away. Uh, went to uh, Portugal and then to Cape Verde uh, for ten days for a little sunshine and relaxation, which was amazing. It's just a just a desert island off the off the west coast of Senegal, basically. So we went and we uh, we went and stayed at a resort uh, all inclusive, some good things, some bad things, you know but ultimately the holiday is what you make of it and uh, and we had a great time and on either side of being at the resort in Cape Verde we got a um, we got a day in Lisbon to kind of bum around and go for dinner and catch up with some of my wife's family, which was fantastic and uh, And now we're back and, you know, head first straight into Christmas and and the Christmas vibes and got the Christmas tree up straight away, stockings up, did some last minute shopping as we always do, and uh, got my final package through the door just before pressing record. Uh, So I'm done. I'm going to have uh, dinner later with some friends to say Merry Christmas and to kind of wrap things up with them. But that's it. Now it's—I mean, I've already started. But now it's uh, now it's Bailey's coffee and mince pies and hopefully a couple of sleep-ins, um, Christmas films and Christmas carols and and all that good stuff. Because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a softy when it comes to Christmas, and I, I like to I like to go full on and I like to really dive into it and and, and you know be playful with it and and just feel like a kid, man, because, you know, there have been some Christmases in my life where there haven't been any presents and there hasn't been much to eat and you're worried about, you know, who's going to get smacked around that day and, you know, so on and so forth. So as an adult, even though I don't have children, you know, it's important for me to make it festive for me and for my wife and. You know just have the house feeling cozy and, and at least for a couple of weeks where it seems society can just kind of put things aside and just all agree to just get on and just have a good time and you know as the holiday says be merry um, I like to I like to indulge in that you know I work hard all year long I'm I'm quite disciplined all year long but when December comes, I like, to, I like to just wind it down. And this year we took the holiday, as I said, and that's something different for us. We haven't had the opportunity to go away together uh, basically since our wedding, which was two years ago. Uh, we've you know, we've done some you know, in-country little weekend retreats and breaks and things like that, but we've never had the opportunity because my wife runs her own business. I'm very busy with my business. Um, it doesn't afford us the time that we would like to take these more extended breaks abroad. Um, Also, we have the dogs and we're very protective about who we leave them with and what their situation is. But, you know, that mainly falls to my wife and we finally got there. So it uh, it was great to get away. But it felt a little bit like Christmas, Christmas with the cranks, right? It, like we were kind of parking Christmas this year because both of us were kind of like, well, we don't have much to, we don't really have many gifts for each other. We haven't really bought anything significant for each other. We haven't even really talked about it. Um, you know, we've just kind of had this trip on the, on the front of our mind and, and doing all of that. So it was very much like the Tim Allen and the, um, and the uh, what's her name? Why have I gone blank? Um, true lies, Jamie Lee Curtis, what the fuck, um, it's very, we were very much like that, it was like, do we get a base tan before we go, have we got all our, like, you know, Hawaiian shirts packed, not really, we don't fucking wear Hawaiian shirts, but, um, you know, it was, you know, if we got the, if we got the sarongs, if we got the beach wear down, if we got it flip-flops, if my wife got her bathing suits, you know, so on and so forth, if we got the, you know, international plug, and, you know, all that bullshit, and we weren't thinking about Christmas at all, the, the, The decorations hadn't been moved since they got put away last uh, January, Uh, you know, we hadn't thought about anything. And then we come back and we're like, oh, everything that's on TV is about Christmas. Everything you see in the grocery store is about Christmas. As soon as we got off the plane in the airport, we got bombarded by Christmas messages. Even when we left the island, they put the Christmas tree up at the resort. And it's 30 degrees on this island, and it's just like, it, it doesn't match. Which is why I think it'd be, it'd be difficult to have, like, Christmas in L.A. or somewhere that's, like, tropical like that if you wanted to get into the Christmas spirit. If you were just putting that stuff aside, then no problem. Because I did not think about Christmas one for one second while I was on the island. And while we were swimming in the ocean and, and drinking gin and tonics by the pool all day. Like... It wasn't, it didn't even cross my mind. But then as soon as I get back, I'm just like, oh, well, something's missing. This time of year, the house should feel different. You know, all the movies are on TV. I love, I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas carols. I'll fucking wake up. I'll come back from the gym at seven o'clock in the morning to get my breakfast ready. And I'll just put a Christmas carol playlist on that's three hours long and just sit there listening to it, man. I fucking love that shit. And even though there were a lot of people around in my childhood for Christmases, it just never... I never got that warm, fuzzy feeling. So... Now that I'm an adult looking after an adult, or an adult looking after a child being myself, because of my fucking head, I'm still 15, right, um, I want to make it festive, like, my tree looks like Christmas threw up all over it, I'm sitting next to it now, and there are, you know, well over 500 ornaments on the fucking thing, <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous, my cats and my dogs both have stockings hung over our fireplace in the living room, you know, I've got more kind of garland set up and and flashy lights set up then then you could have, I've got a Christmas tree in front of my house that's got decorations and tinsel on it okay I love Christmas nothing to do with the religious aspect of it nothing to do with the commercial aspect a little bit more pain, a little bit more caring just cuz you know it's like this figurehead of a big fat dude with a white beard his fucking reindeer a bunch of elves and snowmen, and everybody's just nice to each other, because it's got nothing to do with the religious side of it, and it's got nothing to do with the the commercial side of it, because shopping for Christmas is a fucking nightmare, and, you know, if religion's your thing, fantastic, good job, but let's be honest, Christmas is no longer a religious holiday. People go to Midnight Mass, sure. For some people it is, sure. For the masses who do not attend Christmas Mass, it is not. It is about being around people, having a good time, trying not to fight, having some drinks, falling asleep, eating some food, overindulging, watching some stupid shit on TV, and listening to some music and having a sing-along, man. I think. I think anyways. So... We got back from the island, and, you know, we got a nice little glow happening because, as I said, the weather was amazing. I did some quad biking while I was out there, which was fucking awesome. Uh, they take you ripping through the desert. One of the girls on my tour fell off hers. It rolled over her. She luckily bounced back up, didn't have a scratch on her, which was, you know, really lucky. We got back uh, to the hotel, uh, and then the very next day we hear about another girl's falling off and broken her clavicle, And her brother has, uh, taken the worst of it and it's rolled over on him and it's cracked his ribs and broken his ribs and he's all fucked up. And, uh, and then we heard of another girl who fell off the day after and she broke her foot and, you know, of course those things are a bit dodgy and, and need to be paid attention to, but man, was I ripping them around the desert. It was, oh, it was wicked. It was wicked. Um, we went out for two hours in the afternoon and just basically explored the whole island because the the whole island is only like 30 kilometers across so you can really cover some ground and we did. We were boogieing. We went by an old shipwreck and, you know, saw some turtles and it was, it was fantastic. It was really, really good, but we had no Christmas spirit about us whatsoever, um, so we've jumped back into it and now the house is looking good and, you know, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to kind of wrap it up and, and put the year to bed. It's been, it's, been a, it's been a good year. It's been a great year. I mean, we started this podcast in March, in March, right? So in nine months, we've done, this is the 63rd episode, which means we're currently doing over one a week which is a pretty good clip. I would have liked to have crossed the 100 mark um, if I could have, but obviously, you know, whatever, whatever. We're almost there. We're getting there. But this year's been cool. Like, the personal training that I do on the side, that's still going on, which is great. Got new client inquiries coming in, of course, because it's December. Uh you know, but that's still going on and taking over in the background and the work's going well and, you know, my nine to five, that's going well and that's kind of grown in in its in its profile and, and, and that's great, right? All of those things are good. Um, but I feel like the stuff that's happening in my house that's got nothing to do with that, nothing to do with work, and maybe it's a consequence of that, I don't know, but everything in the house seems to be going in the right direction and... You know, recently, and I kind of touched on this in a a previous episode, you know, uh, some things have happened personally and, you know, kind of knocked me back a little bit and what have you. But I think I also iterated on the last show that there was like a lightness. There's like a lightness that's come over me now. I feel almost light after some of this controversy's happened. And I think maybe maybe that's a result of holding on to somebody's burden somebody else's burden for too long um and i've been really reflective on this thinking about you know a lot of the a lot of the time in my life was spent motivated towards helping get somebody else somewhere and not getting me somewhere and i thought the motivation of of focusing on someone else's well-being would have naturally pushed me towards Accomplishing what I needed to accomplish to get there. And that's not the case. You have to focus on you. First and foremost, You and you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this, all you know, kind of good, kind of credible psychology. They they all talk about focusing on you. If you haven't got your own house in order, then how can you do anything for anybody else? And for so long I was always Put in the perspective of do it for them, and it will be your motivation to get it to get you there. When ultimately I should have been focusing on sharpening my own blade, refining my attributes, discovering the potential talents that I have, and making them even stronger. And therefore, by again, which we've talked about in the past. Finding the process, enjoying the process, and adhering to the process of self-improvement will ultimately have a transitionary effect on everything around you. So this lightness came over me when some of this stuff happened to me earlier in the year and not earlier in the year, quite recently actually, but there is a lightness that's come over me and I think really now I'm focused on sharpening, sharpening my sword, sharpening my blade, Making my attributes as refined as possible and as a consequence seeing how the chips fall around me when I do that and when I adhere to that process because in certain aspects aspects of my life i've I've focused in on that and I'm doing a really good job in terms of adhering to the process right like when we were on holiday, I went to the gym once they had a they had a little facility there it was terrible but I went down there got you know an hour in just kind of midweek to wake things you know kind of awaken things again but it was nothing serious and and I wasn't there to work out I was there to relax and do quite the opposite um, <clears throat> but even a couple of mornings I got up while my wife was still sleeping just did some calisthenics in the room and kind of got the body switched on and the blood flowing and things like that but when I came back Whether it be a little bit of jet lag, a little bit of, you know, overindulgence, a combination of the two. I don't know what it was, but that first day waking up. I said to myself the night before, I said, the the best thing you can do is get up. We got back on a Sunday evening. I said, the best thing you can do is get up Monday morning, even though you don't have to be at work. Get up on Monday morning at the same time you normally would go to the gym. Just go, go and get a sweat on. Go and just see what happens, right? <clears throat> so it's been ten days, and I've been eating good, and or, I've been eating good. I've, I've been eating good. I've been eating well, right? A lot of pasta, not a lot of bread. Um, you know, a lot of buffet, <laughs> some more cakes than I would normally have. You know, a lot more alcohol than I would normally have. Uh, I got back and I was, I just said, get up, just it's Sunday night, get up Monday and just go and do something. And you know what? I had a fucking great session on Monday morning. It was amazing. I was like, oh, right back into it, right back into the process. And I think finding that in some of these other areas of my life now is going to be the next step. Because I'm still a procrastinator. Even though I do this. Even though I work 9 to 5. Even though I'm up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym 5 days a week. Even though I do uh, the fitness training on the side. I still feel like I procrastinate terribly. I feel like I can get myself in a rut of just sitting around for 3 hours doing nothing. Just wasting three hours and I have to get out of that routine because there's more shit that I want to do in 2019 that's going to require that I use those dead hours more effectively. So it's adherence to the process going forward that's going to set me up to accomplish two goals that I definitely want to achieve in 2019. One, I want to learn Portuguese. The reason I want to do that is because every time I visit Lisbon and I meet and get, you know, not meet, but see and revisit uh, with my wife's family, I can't speak with them in the language that they all speak. They have to bend to speak to me if they want to converse. And I don't think that's fair because I'm in their country. I'm at their family dinner in a restaurant or wherever the setting may be that is for them I'm the visitor and I should be the one that accommodates them and I appreciate them so much in, in accommodating me the way that they have um, I feel like I feel like it's the least I should do and I should have done it years ago but this is my point about procrastination in certain time, certain areas of life I used to just procrastinate, full stop, and be a fucking idiot. But I've picked up the reins a little bit, gotten a little bit more sturdy with things, and as as always, and as there always will be, areas of improvement need to be addressed. So one of them is is definitely how I communicate with that side of my family because they're great people, and I think it would be a show of respect that you know if I visit them. In a year, we tend to go to Portugal at least once a year. If I go back to them in a year and I can speak with them somewhat coherently, I just feel like that's a, that's a, a great way to pay respect to them because they've raised an amazing woman who I call my wife. They're genuine people. They get along. They're friendly. They're, they're a big, not a huge family, but they're a bigger family, you know, bigger than what I have in the U.K., Um, it's just it's really nice to be around them I get a really good feeling when I'm around them and I feel like it's the least I can do also it keep my wife sharp and I think you know if we ever do decide to have children they'll definitely be multilingual and what a shame it would be if their dad was the one that was left out so you know there are a number of motivations around that and I think uh Accomplishing Portuguese to a competent level will give me the motivation to then go on and do other languages that languages that I've always wanted to try. Um, Japanese is one of them. Um, Obviously, Spanish is another one. Italian, which all kind of lend themselves well if you have a if you have. They basically say if you know Portuguese, (coughs) you can learn um, Spanish and Italian, and if you know like Spanish, you can learn Italian and Portuguese so on and so forth so I think that's definitely goal number one goal number two is learning a musical instrument so rude sorry guys I had to pause the uh, episode there and answer the door because I'm getting these last Christmas deliveries. I thought my last ones had come in, uh, but clearly they hadn't. It was two more for my wife and one more for me. And the one that just came for me is actually like a family gift. So I'm talking about family and learning Portuguese and da-da-da-da-da. And I know I'm going to move on to my second resolution, which is going to be learning a musical instrument, but I don't even have to open this package to know what it is. And I'm super excited because what I did, right? So we're super cheesy in terms of like, what we consider our family members, right, and we've got (coughs) two cats and two dogs, so effectively what we say is we've got a family of six, (laughs) because that's how we fucking roll, so if you don't like it, you can can do one, right, so don't care, (laughs) so as I'm fucking, as I'm struggling around here, this package that I've got in my hand that I'm opening, as corny as it's going to sound to maybe a lot of you guys out there, This is a Christmas tree ornament. (laughs) This is a Christmas tree ornament that is updated to include all members of our family. I just told you that we have two dogs and two cats, which makes us a family of six with my wife and myself. We have a family Christmas ornament on our tree, which is a fireplace mantle with five stockings hung over... Uh, that said fireplace and on each one of those stockings has the name of everybody that is that resides in this household that is a part of this immediate family but as I just said we have six members and the current Christmas tree ornament only has five so the new addition is our young man Samson uh, who is a little meeky dog who is one of the most adorable specimens of a creature. Of any creature that you'll ever see in your life, he is about the size of a, what can I equate Samson to? Well, I'm a five foot ten man and he fits comfortably on my forearm with a bit of space. And when he curls up into a ball, He is roughly the size of a personal pan pizza that you would get from Pizza Hut. You know, one of those little four-slice ones? That's about the size of my dog. So, naturally, as the doting parent that I am, and I've surprised my wife with this one, is I've ordered another one, but now it's got six. So, Little Samson's added into that with Okina, Jeffrey, and Dexter. And again, you can call me a weirdo all you want. I don't give a fuck. That's how we roll. So I'm going to update that one and take the other one down. Uh, My wife doesn't know about it, so it's going to be a nice surprise for her as well. And that's what I mean about Christmas and the feeling that it gives me and the things that I want to do and be thoughtful and, you know, just, just happy with things, man. So anyways second thing that I'm gonna be doing next year my resolution is to learn a musical instrument now I've said this to my wife a couple of times and I think she's got me something in the way of a musical instrument and I think she has gotten me a guitar I think she's gotten me an acoustic guitar now would I be incredibly happy with an acoustic guitar fucking right I would be I think that would be an amazing thing my granddad uh, tried to teach me how to play the guitar and for about six months back in Canada when I was living with them I was picking up you know the blues beat and different chords and things like that but I was not in the headspace to be learning a musical instrument back then I could barely keep my shit together so um, it's something that I've wanted to readdress for many many years and again going back to the procrastination and, a, and and introducing process and adherence of that process into my life one of the things that I want to do is learn a musical instrument now if my wife has gotten me a guitar for Christmas I'm going to be over the fucking moon I don't care if it's a, if it's a 20 pound guitar from Argos because that's about as good as I am anyway so it does not matter um, that would be amazing what I really want is like a keyboard (laughs) I want a keyboard I want to learn how to play the piano learning how to play the piano is has been one of those lifelong I musts it's always been I have to learn how to play the piano at some point in time in my life and the fact that I didn't do this 10-15 years ago well a number of reasons for that but it's it's not worth dwelling on. The point is now that whether it's a guitar or a piano or a saxophone, I want to learn how to play a musical instrument. I want to be able to pick up a piece of equipment and make a melody out of it. Because I think that's such a gift and a talent and such an amazing thing to be able to do. Imagine you walked into a fucking, I see it in the, I see it in the train station sometimes. Like, they'll set up a piano randomly in in the train station, and then you'll just see some guy walk over to it, and he's like, Ding, dun, dun, and starts playing a tune on it. And it's just like, oh man, like, how good would that be able? Like, to be able to do that, how good would that be? You know, or you just see a guy, like, I know it's like a cheesy kind of image or whatever, but, you know, just a guy sitting around with his, like, guitar, and he's just, dum, 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 and just fucking around playing these sweet little notes and these sweet little melodies. Like, I'm not, like, I love music, but I don't feel like I'm very musical, if that makes sense. So it's something that I know is gonna be difficult for me to do, and that's exactly why I wanna do it. That's the kind of headspace I'm gonna be in from now on, right? It's about achieving things that I haven't achieved and maybe have shied away from because they're difficult or I've just been a procrastinator or a combination of both. That's the headspace I'm going to be in now. If I don't think I can do something, I'm going to probably go and try and do that more. That's the kind of vibe I want to be on. I want to I want to start learning. I want to be like, I'm always learning, but I'm not learning things like that. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. If I'm explaining that right, like, like abilities and skills, right? Like... Like I've been working out now for a few years, so I'm getting a lot better at working out naturally, right? I've been doing the podcast now for 63 episodes, and I bet you if you look back at episode one, two, three, four, five, etc., and then you listen to this one, you'd be like, oh, I see where he's made changes, I see where he's made adjustments, I see how he's become a little better at it, marginally better at it. But I still keep in my mind, well you're an infant in terms of things like podcasts. You're an infant. You've been doing 63 episodes. That's nothing. You've been doing it for nine months. That's nothing. There's people out there have been doing it for nine years. Right? So everything is perspective and context, but I'm thinking, well, what I want to do is add strings to my bow. Add strings to my bow professionally, personally, all of these things. Self-improvement, right? It's just about self-improvement. So that's really kind of the vibe that I'm on next year. So I think I've guessed that my wife has gotten me a guitar for Christmas, but it doesn't really matter what it is, but we have been talking about me learning a musical instrument for some time. If there was another one, then I'm going to kind of throw this one out there as a, like with an asterisk beside it. To say maybe pushing the boat out a bit far in terms of like stacking your plate. But here here goes nothing. Because if you don't say it, then it doesn't become a reality. And if it becomes a reality, then hopefully you're going to be more likely to hold yourself accountable to it, right? If you look yourself in the mirror and say you are a fat fuck that needs to get in shape. Instead of just thinking about it and manifesting it through thought. Fucking say it out loud so you can hear it. Then it kind of becomes a little bit more real. Now if you say it to other people. And those people are you know, people you call friends or family or those that care about you, if you say something, then they should be holding you accountable to it as well, right? So saying it makes it a little bit more real. And I think one of the other things that I would like to attempt to do is write a book. And I think I'd like to write a children's book. I think I'd like to write a children's book about some of the things that I talk about on this show, like accountability and, and about, you know, adherence to process and why sticking with things and why not, you know, why not being afraid to try, even if you fall down on your ass the first three, four, five times, doesn't matter. It's the trying that develops the character. It's the, it's the doing in which you develop a personality or charisma or intelligence, and experience. This is where it comes from. It doesn't come from watching TV and just thinking you know about it. It doesn't, it doesn't come from reading books and not going anywhere. It doesn't come from that. You've got to go smell things. You've got to go feel things. You've got to say things out loud and actually do them. Because that's the only way you change, in my opinion. You know, I could sit there on social media and preach all I want about the things I'm going to do or the things I would do if I was given the opportunity. I fucking hate people like that. I fucking hate people like that. More and more, I fucking hate people like that. Sorry, if you can hear me slurping, I apologize. Terribly rude, but I'm sipping on Bailey's and I'm sipping on coffee and I'm gonna be doing it the entire show. So, sorry, not sorry. But uh, yeah, I fucking hate people like that. I cannot stand people that just like wallow in their own procrastination and then blame others for it. What a self-defeating point of view. What a self-defeating mindset and what a self-defeating way to live your life. So I'm not about that anymore. There's been times in my life when I've been like that, for sure. But I'm not doing that anymore. And I don't need somebody else to tell me about these things. I'm just evolving as a person. I'm watching what's going on around me and I'm reacting accordingly. What needs to happen in order for me to achieve the best version of myself year on year? I want to be a capitalist that way, right? In terms of self-improvement. If I put 10% on the self-improvement next last year, well, then I got to add at least another 5-10% on, on the year that's coming. Or else, what am I doing? I'm going backwards or I'm staying flat. And I'm not interested in either of those. So let's keep growing. Let's keep doing the good stuff that we need to do. Because while the world seems to tumble around us, If we keep our eyes on the prize and our fucking focus on ourselves and those immediately in our circle, we'll be just fine. We'll be just fine. Because you can't solve the world's problems. (coughs) We can only do that collectively. And the only way we can do that collectively is if we all take a good look in the mirror and stop being fucking retards about things if we stop lying to ourselves if we stop procrastinating if we admit what we're doing wrong if we focus on what we're doing right and do that all the time then we'll get it we will get it we will fight back against absurdity we will fight back against whatever corruptions are you know inflicting our societies now from top to bottom domestically and internationally We'll fight back against all this chaos and we will come out on the right side of things. Or we'll at least pave the way for the next ones to do even better than we did. Because the way we're going now, we've taken a big chunk out of the last 10 years for absurdity and chaos. And if you go back even further than that, then it goes even longer than that. So I'm not focused on that too much now. I still want to focus on that and I'm still going to bring you guys a wider view of the world, of course. That's what this show's about. This show's about us talking like we are now, and it's also about us talking about wider issues, which we'll get onto in a minute, but I just want to tell you about us for right now and, and bring it in a little closer. So that's all we need to do. We just need to focus on our, ourselves. We need to focus on the process and what we can do to make ourselves better people. And I think by some of the resolutions that I've set, I think that's going to help me like exercise does. Exercise is hard, but I get up almost every day and do it. And I do it earlier than, well, anybody that I talk to does it. And I do it almost more consistently than anybody else that I know does it. And I'm starting to see the results of it, but... Again, we've talked about this as well, discipline versus militancy. So I don't care about looking like the guy on the cover of Men's Health every fucking month. I don't care. I just want to look better. I don't want to continue to make myself stronger and healthier. That's why I go to the gym. And so that I don't slip back into a negative way of living my life, consumed with alcohol and Again, wasting time on things that don't matter. I don't want to live that way. I know that if I get this work in, that it's going to set me up for the rest of the day and I'm going to be less likely to do something that's going to be detrimental later on in the day. I don't live like a priest. I would never intend to. And by priest, I don't mean the kitty raping priest. I mean the, you know, the don't-do-anything celibate, like kind of, you know, straight and narrow all the time. I mean that kind of priest. You know, I indulge. I was drinking 10, 12, if not more gin and tonics every day on my holiday. Getting a nice vibe from 10 to 10 every day. But when I came back, I snapped back. I went straight back to the gym and I'm going to continue doing that because I know that's the way forward. I know that's going to make me feel the best. I know that's going to give me the best results from a health point of view, from a mindset point of view, from a stress level point of view, from you know, an organizational point of view. So I'm going to do that. What else can I apply that to, to help myself get that 10% better? I think learning a language can only help because what it will do immediately once I accomplish it in some way, shape, or form is give me more options. Someday I want to retire to Portugal or at least have a house there. And I don't want to be just the, oh, here comes the foreign English guy that, you know, expects us to all fucking, I want to ingratiate myself and I want to be more able on a global level. And I think learning a language, you know, without a doubt helps you achieve that. And then we'll have some obviously, you know, more interpersonal benefits. Like I said before, being able to talk to my family and do all of that. But I think it just widens your scope, makes you a fucking more diverse person, just overall. And then, God, I mean, let's, and then you want to add music into it? Huh. I already think that I have quite decent music taste in terms of, you know, old and new. But, oh, just imagine being able to be on a beach in Portugal, with an acoustic guitar as the sun's going down, and the English bloke from London orders, you know, a couple beers and some food for him and his wife in Portuguese while he's playing the fucking acoustic guitar. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Improvement, right? Right? We're talking about practice? <laughs> We're talking about practice? No, we're talking about real fucking life. And what are you doing with your days? Like, the same shit that it, like interested me. Like, if you know me, if you're listening to this and you know me, you knew me, I should say, when I was 17, but we haven't talked in 15 years, you think you know me? You don't have any idea who I am. Similarly, if we haven't spoken in five years, there's a good chance you don't know this version of me very well. Now, you'll know similarities, of course, about who I am and, you know, kind of what I was. But you have to stay changing. You have to evolve. You have to keep growing as a person or otherwise. What's the point? What's the point? Like one of the things I'm definitely going to cut down on next year is just randomly drinking on Fridays. So this year, one of my one of my things was you can have Fridays off right give yourself Fridays off you go to the gym monday tuesday Wednesday Thursday give yourself Fridays off you're back on saturday and then you give yourself sunday off is generally how i would structure my week right in terms of exercise what started happening halfway through the year is I was giving so much of myself on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday that I went overboard on Friday and ended up missing Saturday and then also missing Sunday. So instead of doing a five to two, it's it started becoming a four to three, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like That's still a good routine, except if those three days clearly outweigh what you're doing in the four days. And what I mean by that is just indulgence, right? I was being overindulgent on a Friday, which made me feel like shit on a Saturday, which means from a dietary point of view... I was being overindulgent on a Saturday, and because I felt so shit after doing Friday and Saturday, I didn't want to do anything on a Sunday. That is not good. You want to take a few days off. You want to split your week up, Monday on, Tuesday off, Wednesday on, Thursday off, so on and so forth. Go ahead and do that, but don't abuse yourself multiple days in a row. And I felt like, when I was looking at it, I felt like, well, you're giving yourself Friday off because that's kind of how work accommodates and you know you have meetings on a friday you have lunches on a friday all of that which is fine but i think again just overindulging for the sake of overindulging like i would i would often say well this is my this is my this is my relaxing day i do what i want on fridays i would often say that and then i would you know have a couple extra pints or i'd have a little dirtier of a lunch or you know something i wouldn't have normally eaten That shit is going out the window. That shit is going out the window because what that would lead to is then, you know, potentially meeting up with a client or meeting up with a, you know, with a friend or something like that or a group of guys or whatever and having way more than I needed to have or than I wanted to have because the truth of the matter is I understand the relationship I have with alcohol and ultimately it is a dysfunctional one. And that was the way I admitted that ultimately a few years back that I was like, well, you've got a fucking problem. You need to sort yourself out because if you don't, this thing will take over, and you don't really have anything to do with it, right? You're gonna be you're gonna be completely behind the eight ball in this entire situation, and then get yourself out of that. You know, once everything has fucking left you, once you've ruined your entire life, then you know. I was extrapolating. Obviously, it wasn't as serious as I'm making it, but it wasn't great. <clears throat> it wasn't great. Um, but it was. It was just one of those things where you got to snap yourself out of it and you have to, you have to realize that it's just time for a change. It's just time for a change. And I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely something I've been self-reflective about is doing things just for the sake of doing them and giving yourself the excuse to do them i'm I'm so focused on productivity now I can't I can't even explain it Like the idea like I'm going for drinks with uh, and dinner with some mates tonight and we're gonna go out and we're gonna have a few drinks and we're gonna go out and have dinner and that's absolutely fine because I fucking love those guys. I love those guys and they know it they know it. But what I want to start doing with those guys is other shit. Like, I know it's easy to go down to the pub and just sink a few and then off you go and whatever, whatever. You end up in some fucking club. Like, that's just not me. It's just not me. And I'm just not interested in it. I'm interested in doing other shit. Like, we went go-karting one day. And we went to the pub before and we went to the pub after. And it was fucking brilliant. It was brilliant. And I would love to do more shit like that. Go out and do stuff like, you know, we've all got the money to do it so that I would prefer to do shit like that than just let's go get wankered because it's just, I don't, it, you know, alcohol doesn't agree with me. Simple as that. I've got a bad relationship with alcohol. I know I do. Um, I manage it when I, like, I, it's not like I manage it. It's like, I don't do it. I, I've got a hold of it, right? Like I don't fucking drink all the time. I don't keep alcohol in my house. Except for Christmas time when I keep a bottle of Bailey's at least one in the fridge at all times So I can sip on that because that's just Bailey's and Christmas is like You know, it's like ham no Kool-Aid It's not ham no Kool-Aid You got ham no burger You got sugar you ain't got no Kool-Aid Anyway, you got Kool-Aid, you ain't got no sugar. You got ham, no burger. Damn! That's, that's, that's Christmas without Baileys. You got Christmas, you ain't got no Baileys. Damn! Gotta have it. So that steady stays around. And I'll put most of my weight on over Christmas break just by drinking that. So, whatever. But what I'm talking about is the Friday, which leads into Saturday, which leads into Sunday, which is then you're starting from monday just to make up for the 3 days. And it's like I'm not living like that. I'm trying to make more progress than that. So just some things I'm focused on and I think having these these uh these subjects like learning a language, like learning an instrument, I think they're really going to help. And I think the other thing I'd like to do is potentially learn some sort of like a salsa or a, like a ballroom dancing thing. I re- I really want to get into that. Because like I'm 37, but I still like, not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I can still move like a fucking 27-year-old. Like, I still boogie, man. You should, like, people don't... Someone said, are you, like, when did you turn 30 to me the other day? And maybe they were trying to fuck, I don't know, it was a dude, but I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, I know I don't look 18. I joke around, you know, but I'm I'm... I'm pretty. I'm in pretty decent shape for a fucking thirty-seven-year-old. Considering what I saw when I went away to that island, and considering what I see when I'm walking around the streets every fucking day. So, again, is there people in better shape than me? Absolutely. Are there people? I'm sure within like a, you know, a two hundred-yard radius of me that are in better shape than me. I'm sure there are. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that for thirty-seven years old, when I go to the gym, my routine and the shit that I see other people doing. <coughs> I'm quite happy with my functionality at the moment. So I think getting into some dancing and getting limber, like I've been, I'm doing boxing, I've been doing skipping and like my footwork's still there and I'm still quite nimble on my feet and light on my feet. And I think, yeah, go fucking learn how to salsa dance. Why not? Like just do that. Like th- I think that would be I think that would be amazing, and I think that was something that would be something that I think my wife would get into as well, which I'd love to do. So that's the other thing that I'm looking to do, um, along with writing a book, learning a language, and learning a musical instrument. So just a couple little bits to do, yeah. But uh, uh, hey, at least I haven't got to sort out Brexit. <laughs> so <laughs> enough about me. <laughs> what are you guys up to? Um, <laughs> so I guess we gotta talk about real life uh, outside of these four walls for a minute uh, I guess we have to talk about Brexit I mean can we just say <laughs> and, and leave it at that I mean other than Donald Trump has there ever been a bigger clusterfuck in politics that we can remember recently I mean I know there are right you've got you know governments overthrown you got Gaddafi getting fucked you know, by a bayonet in the middle of the street. Like, you know, I I get it. There are, of course. But I'm just saying. Brexit looks like it's going towards a no deal. Yet, and this is where I need the public to come out and and hold your representatives accountable. Because I've started hitting mine up. You better, you, you better fucking believe i started hitting mine up. So, Brexit looks like it's going towards a no-confidence vote. Or, sorry, sorry, Brexit looks like it's going towards a no-deal Brexit. Which means there's really no certainty for anybody, or for anything. We, we don't have a clue. Basic- well, as it says on the fucking tent, there's no deal. Right? So, we're heading towards a no-deal scenario, but when they had a vote of confidence for Theresa May and how she's negotiating this, if they want her to negotiate it going forward, they gave her their confidence, right? She won the vote, which is why she's still in a fucking job, which is why we're not having a second referendum. Now, how can you have confidence in a PM when you're gonna vote down a no-deal Brexit? Or you're gonna vote down her current deal and lead us to a no a no-deal Brexit. Why is nobody asking for a second vote in the government? It's completely alright. It's completely alright. But she refuses to answer questions about a second vote. Like you have to hold her accountable. You have to ask her that question only until she fucking answers it. You have to. This is the only thing you have to do to people is hold them accountable. Like you don't have to ask another question until they answer that one. If you're the interviewer, unless you're digging into something personal, but when you're talking about public policy and the, you know, the future of what the country is likely to look like, some economists are saying that a no-deal Brexit could cause us to fall 9% or was it 9%? Yeah, our GDP to fall 9% or something like that and, and, and we will, we will end up going from the fifth biggest economy in the world to the ninth biggest economy in the world or something like that. Excuse me. This is unacceptable. The fact that nobody's even tabling a no deal, a, a, a second referendum conversation seriously is a bit disgraceful. And that goes for all parties, including Jeremy Corbyn. Because he's now tabling a no confidence vote. Like, why can't we just speak to the actual issues? The Article 50 was to to trigger negotiations on how the UK would withdraw from the EU. Now, if that would have went smoothly, we would probably have something in place that looked like a deal that the Brexiteers would want. Because they won the vote. So now you have to look after, you know, the manifesto you ran on. But wait, the manifesto you ran on was full of shit and full of lies. So you didn't have a manifesto. There was no manifesto. People ran off the fact that they were going to get 350 million pounds a week back for the NHS, which was going to prop it up and fund it, and they were going to, lock, going to lock down immigration, neither of which were true. So the two main platforms that they ran on were complete bullshit. The rest of us were completely uninformed because there was no information given, and therefore we had to make some sort of informed informed decision or what we considered to be an informed decision based on the information that we did not have, In my opinion, the more level-headed people who were thinking about this said, wait a minute, they haven't actually told us anything about what is going to happen afterwards. So why would I put myself in that sort of predicament and voted to remain? Now, I think if they would have given some real transparency on what leaving would have looked like, you know, post-Brexit, you might have had people go on that side, including myself. I'm not tied to the EU with an umbilical cord. I appreciate all the points that they're trying to make about sovereignty and, you know, adhering to your own laws and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is for the last 50 years, we've been part of a single market and given it's bad times, it's good times and everything like that, we were still the most influential member with Germany in that European Union. There's no doubt about it. We got to keep our own currency for one. remained the strongest currency in the world for most of that time so my question always remains like those people that said I want to leave when did you what do you have this compare to like where's, where's your comparative points what was it like before Brexit or before we joined the EU that's right you don't know because you probably weren't fucking alive or you don't remember But things are okay right now. Of course, there are downtrodden and and all of this, you know, and, and people that get, you know, the shit end of the stick completely. Absolutely. But were things that bad? Now, like I said, if they would have given us some coherency on what it looked like when we left, then who knows? Maybe I would have voted the other way too. Maybe I would have voted to leave. But they didn't tell us anything. And, throughout the entire process of negotiating our withdrawal from the EU, they've told us nothing. If you remember, they gave some sort of a screenshot of, like, these pages that had a highlighter, different colored highlighter on them. Like, I think one was, like, a green highlighter, and the other one was, like, a pink highlighter. And they're like, the green ones are done, and the pink ones are in negotiation. But then there's a whole bunch that weren't even colored in. And it was like, okay, do you want to tell us what the fuck those things are? Because not everybody in the world... And definitely not everybody in this country has time to read a five hundred and eighty-five page document now that it's out about what the EU deal with the UK is. But clearly nobody has confidence in it. Clearly nobody has confidence in it. So how can you have a how can you have a confidence vote that votes in favour to keep the person in place that's been doing negotiations for the last two years that's led us absolutely fucking nowhere? Can we have a conversation about this? Because every time something happens in this country, more and more like America, it just becomes a partisan attack on the other side. Labor are guilty of it, too, and I'm getting really sick and tired of seeing Jeremy Corbyn's stupid fucking face at that podium making dumb comments about things that don't matter. You don't need to be partisan. Stick to the fucking facts. The facts are shambolic enough, and if you just stick to those, you'll be fine. Stop with the theatrics. They don't suit you. And, I mean, Theresa May, she's not hanging on by the skin of her teeth. Those theatrics can go too, because you're not tough. You're not tough. You didn't do a deal with the EU. The EU did a deal with you. This is the EU's deal. This is not the UK's deal. Because if it was, there wouldn't even be a question about the Northern Ireland border. And the fact of them staying in perpetuity or as you like to say, until a better deal is reached in the single market. If this was a UK's deal, that wouldn't even be a question. So it tells me at the very minimum, you're a shit negotiator. It also tells me that you know you're a shit negotiator because you're not willing to come out and tell anybody about what's actually happening. You keep saying about reinforcing the british public's will to leave the eu and i just outlined why they probably wouldn't go that way in the if you if you did a second referendum there would be a high likelihood that this goes nowhere <clears throat> and i am not or at least i wasn't in favor of a second referendum until very very recently Because I was always of the position, well, this is undermining democracy. You've already had a vote. The outcome of that vote is such, and that needs to be carried out. If you want to readdress it down the line, then that's something that you can have the conversations through the proper channels about. But until then, you have to carry out democracy as it is deemed by the people. This is who it's for. So they leave. They voted to leave. So you have to carry out the will of the people. But being that this was a campaign run off of such lies and such misinformation and such clear clear bullshit my f- my favorability towards a second re- referendum has increased dramatically simply because i think if you actually said to people and all you have to do is put it on the front time uh, front page of all the major newspapers play it on the BBC at their highest viewership traffic times, and take a big social media campaign and put it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You would have the entire country informed within a day. And all you have to do is outline independently from a third party, this is what Brexit looks like, and this is what staying looks like. Do you want... A second vote. Click here and vote. You have to give us your national insurance number to vote. One vote per person, right? Pretty simple shit. And I think you'll understand where we'll be at after that. And I don't think we'll be going anywhere. But what we can't have is a continuation of what is going on, right? We've had a delay on the vote. It's being pushed back. Now it's looking like a no deal, and we're not going anywhere, and we still don't know anything. And that makes quite a nice segue into where we're going next, because talking about people who don't know anything, we gotta talk about my man DT, right? My my man Donny Trizzle, right? The Teflon Don, right? The toupee... poo <laughs> um, I mean, fuck me. What a week it's been for him. I was trying my hardest when I was on holiday not to check anything, right? I cut my... I basically cut my screen time down to about... I don't know, like an hour a day. Which is like a lot. Trust me. Um, anyways. I just... You know, you'd roll by the lobby, and you might see the news on, or, like, when I went to the gym, I think the news was on, or something like that, or, like, quickly check uh, the BBC, and you'd see some headlines, or you get a news alert, or something like that. And I'm just like, what else is happening? Like, what else is going on? Like, can it get... How the fuck is Donald Trump still in a position of power? I'm like... And I just have to remind myself, okay, cool. Just be patient. Just be patient, because it's coming up to the point where... <coughs> The IT guys are gonna say, "Hey, mate, have you um, have you switched it off, and have you tried switching it off and turning it back on again?" Because I feel like that's what's going on. I think we got a bit of a glitch in the matrix, and I've said that before. But I, I think all of this, especially like stuff that's been happening over the last week, it's really kind of it's getting to that point where they're just gonna go, restart, <laughs> and then shit's gonna get back to. Hopefully some semblance of normality and hopefully the skid marks that this fucking piece of shit is leaving are going to wash away in the laundry because like we're talking impeachment, we're talking his company investigating, uh, being investigated, like all of his companies being investigated, we're having the fact that he might not ever be able to run a charity again because he's agreed to close down his charity because the U.S. uh, state's attorney office in New York has effectively said he was directly implicated in illegal activity around the funding and the monetary policy of this charity, of his charity, right? Um, We're not talking anything about the fact that he doesn't have any clue about politics, he doesn't have any clue about foreign relations, he doesn't have any clue about diplomacy, his complete ignorance for how government and democracy work. We're not talking about, you know, of course we're talking about that too, but we're talking about actual issues. Like he he could be, his lawyer flipped on him now, right? Like Michael Cohen has now signed a plea agreement saying that, Um, he was absolutely negotiating a business deal for Trump in Russia during the time of the election. Right? During the run-up to the election. Trump says, nope, categorically not. Never heard of this shit before. I've got no ties to Russia. And then, the reporters get a hold of a fucking letter of intent with Donald Trump's signature on it. He's like, he's this is the audacity of this prick. He comes out on TV and he's like, no, nope, there's a document that Cohen signed, but I never signed nothing. It's like <coughs> Yeah you did. We've seen it. Like I mean at this point anybody that's believing his lies is just is willfully ignorant. You know, you're willfully ignorant piece of shit now. Like you just can't look past any of this stuff now because This is not an attack on him. He's a fucking criminal. He's a criminal. He's a wannabe gangster that's using his dad's money and has been using his dad's money, which he stole from him, to run this business empire where he's been cheating, dodging his taxes, doing fucking phony deals here and there, putting little people out of business. Like, he's a piece of shit. It's as simple as that, right? He's... He's clearly got no charisma, right? Although people say he's this amazing businessman. Well, you know, maybe these upper echelon types, I don't know who they fucking deal with on a daily basis, but if a guy like Donald Trump is the guy you're impressed with, you need to take a hard look in the mirror because that's not an impressive man. His bank account's not even that oppressive, right? But if you just do a little bit of looking, if you do a little bit of looking, you find out that he's one of the most appalling human beings you could ever be around. So if you're still in admiration of this guy or think that he's some skilled fucking negotiator and businessman, then I can't, I can't sit here and agree with you. I think he is one of the most ignorant people that I've ever heard speak. As I said before, he's got no idea about how democracy or government work. And now he's pulling out of Syria which is effectively handing that country back over to the Iranians and to the Russians, his whole entire, well, one of his major kind of uh, campaign promises was to be tough on ISIS, saying now that he's defeated him. It's like, motherfucker, have you watched the news? Other than the shit that you actually do watch? Like, Have you turned on Reuters? Have you turned on Al Jazeera? So apparently he's pulling 2,000 troops out of Syria. Apparently he's pulling 7,000 troops out of Afghanistan. And what's that going to do? That's going to let them swirl it around, come out on the other side with a whole bunch more people that they can recruit, build up, and say, Hey, you know the reason why your town's blown up? Because those fucking Americans over there. You want to come fighting with us? Yeah, cool. They'll do that for a few years. They'll build back up. And here we go again. Not only that... But Russia continues to get to do business with Assad, and anybody that props up Assad, well, you know, this is the other thing, right? Putin's come out and said, "I agree, <laughs> I agree with, I agree with Trump, I agree with Trump." Well, he actually speaks in, in a little softer of a, of a voice, right? I agree with Trump. Agree with Mr. Trump on this, that the U.S. troops should be... I don't even know what that accent is, so I'm going to quit doing that right now. He basically said that he agrees with uh, Donald Trump that America should be out of Syria. Well, if I'm sorry, mate, but if Vladimir Putin agrees with you, yeah, probably do the other thing. Probably do the other thing. You know, it's the same thing where he came out to uh, reporters the other day and he said, well, Theresa May doesn't have any other deal, any other choice but then to do Brexit. Of course he wants to do Brexit. Of course he wants us to do Brexit. It's going to destabilize the EU <coughs> and allow him more of a pushing power from, you know, from the Western borders into Europe, right? I mean... <laughs> If Vladimir Putin wants it, and he says that it should be this way, when it concerns us, we should probably do the opposite. Like He's like, well, you got to do it. You have to do Brexit. You have to do Brexit. You have to do Brexit. It's a good thing. Like... If Vladimir Putin is for it, it's probably not going to be good for us. So... Trump's had quite the week, right? Quite the, quite the week. And it's looking more and more like, I mean, I don't know if they'll put him in jail for the shit that is seemingly happening, but like Michael Flynn, they've postponed his sentencing until, was it March? I think it was March. Because the judge was like, well, you're a disgusting piece of shit, but I heard you're still helping them. So, do you want to actually do this today, or do you want to keep doing that? Because I know you're expecting no jail time, but I think you're a first-class piece of shit, and maybe you want to take some more time to think about it. His lawyers were, like, fucking elbowing him in the side. Yes, say yes, motherfucker. Delay it. Because apparently he's had, what did it say? 17 hours of interviews? With Mueller? So, like, you know, he's giving him a lot, basically. So, he's apparently still still helping them out. Um, and if the judge has indicated this, then it's kind of like, well, you need to keep talking, motherfucker. Or you're going to be behind bars. Um, and there is probably some interesting shit that you still have to tell us. So, we'll see what happens there. But... Obviously, him pulling out of Syria, uh, General Mattis, his national security advisor, has resigned. Of course, he's resigned. And his letter basically was, um, yeah, um, you don't know what you're doing. I don't like you. And this was the last straw because if you're going to fucking go against what I've been telling you about the situation in Syria, then what the fuck am I doing here? So he's out too. So it's a big clusterfuck with uh, the two major Western powers, and that's great. So I think I'm going to talk about something else. I'm going to talk about something else just before I kind of circle back on this because we're over an hour already, but fuck it. It's the last one of the... Drinking water on you bitches, staying wet, staying hydrated, baby. (sighs) This is the last show of the year, so let's go for it, right? Let's go for it. <coughs> right, so staying with absurd people, right, who don't really get the litmus test, don't haven't really got the, the finger on the pulse of what's going on. They just know what their, let's call it core base, is after in terms of messaging. Another person like that is uh, is our guy Tucker Carlson on Fox News, who is, a, again, a, you know, an A-class piece of shit for the most part. Sometimes he has his moments where, you know, a a glint of humanity shines through. But other than that, he's generally a piece of garbage. And I'm not sure if you've seen the comments, but his... On one of his recent shows... Sammy, it's okay, buddy. On one of his recent shows, he... Mentioned that. Eh, what are you looking at? You see the dogs on TV? Relax. He said on his show recently that the immigrants situation is making America dirtier and right, like stinkier and like you know more shit, more gross. Uh, well, funnily enough, Samsung don't think like that. So they pulled their advertising. So did a bunch of other advertisers, including, ready? Didn't even though they were still around, Bowflex. <laughs> Do you remember that? That home exercise machine, that kind of like bench machine and it had the had the bows, had the band like they weren't bands, they were like they were like i think steel reinforced in like rubber that you just clipped a hook onto. And depending on how many bows up you went, was like an increase. You remember fucking Bowflex? What am I explaining it to you for? Fucking remember Bowflex? Well, apparently that's still around and that advertises on uh, American TV, uh, specifically on the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, They fucking left the building too. So he's leaking advertisers and people that support him say it's an attack on free speech. Well, actually... With advertisers leaving, it's kind of like the exact opposite of an attack on free speech. It's them exercising it, but they're using a different commodity. Right? He gets to be an ignorant fuck and talk shit with his mouth, and they get to say, We're not we don't think like that, so we're gonna remove our money from you. And that's what's happening here. Now, of course corporations are sliding towards, you know, more and more liberally progressive points of view, we see it all the time. <clears throat> but i think in in the case of this it's the right course of action because i've been i've said on the show many 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 times before you talk with your wallet and that goes down to the individual consumer not just with large corporations like this if you don't like a company what for whatever reason stop going there and tell people why you don't go there anymore let the market decide what they want to do. Because the way Tucker Carlson talks about, you know, immigrants and immigration and and his stupid rhetoric that he pushes to this, you know, right-leaning audience of 65 and overs, which is who his audience is, you know, he might have a dribb and a drab of younger folks, but ultimately not. Because that's not the viewership of TV cable news so he's speaking to an older generation where this message might land because they come from a different generation with a different outlook and a different mindset on things and that might fly but for people like Samsung their demographic is completely different than that they don't need him sure they want to go ahead and take advantage of that you know, if they can get those dribs and drabs, but ultimately it's not 65 plus that are buying Samsung phones at all. So they're like, see ya, Bowflex. I'm not sure how many granddads and and grandmothers are buying Bowflex machines, but I guess they found it a useful, a useful outlet. (sighs) Not no more, not no more. Time to go back to go back to the shopping channel or wherever the fuck else they advertise because I haven't seen a Bowflex commercial since like 1998. So I'm not sure what their deal is, but there you go. Best thing to do, make him a non-viable enti- entity commercially for a company like Fox News and they will sack his ass. And that's how you silence people. You don't you don't ban them. Like, if Tucker Carlson can survive because he gets a whole bunch of different advertisers to come in and replace the ones that he's lost that are okay with the way he talks and okay with his points of view, okay, then let him keep ranting. I'm not about shutting down free speech. I'm about exercising it to the fullest. And if you've got a person as ignorant as he is, and he's not even the worst one, but if you've got a guy like him then the best way is to speak with your wallet. The people are not going to stop watching him, so his numbers will remain until those people die off. But ultimately, that kind of action has to come from the advertisers and allow them to exercise their free speech. So that seems to be continuing. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Tucker Carlson. I don't really care because I don't really listen to him. I see things of his pop up on my YouTube feed sometimes, and if, you know, if the headline rings out, then I might check him out. And obviously, it's always good to see what the other side are saying. But ultimately, he's got nothing for me because he doesn't hold an interesting point of view. He's not witty. He's not funny. He's not, he's not insightful. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. He, he toes the party line. He dick rides the president if they're a Republican. And he plays to his audience just like Alex Jones did. And I don't think Alex Jones should have been banned from social media. I think if Alex Jones can sustain himself with an audience and with advertisers, go ahead until it reaches the precipice of you actually causing a direct linkage between someone threatening or committing violence against another person. So we were on that borderline, right? We were on that borderline, which is why I'm hesitant to go all the way in with uh, Alex Jones being allowed to stick around. He hasn't been banned. He's just been removed from those platforms. Obviously, those platforms are private companies, so if they want to run it the way they want it and they want to ban people, they have clearly the right to do that. They've had no backlash on it, so there you go, but I don't want to censor free speech. I don't want to censor speech um, at all un- unless it hits to those points that I mentioned about violence before because that's unacceptable, but you got to hurt these guys in their wallet. you got to take their advertising away on their platform and you got to hope that their audience wake up to the bullshit. That's what you have to do, in my opinion. So it's good to see that advertisers are not going to st- stand by and let him make comments like that. Uh, there probably needs to be more of that. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's all going to fizzle out, right? All this chaos is going to fizzle out, right? Just like the progressive alt-left bullshit is going to fizzle out this is a very, very, very small but vocal minority of people who are just getting outraged because they've got nothing better to do. Or they've got ulterior motives in mind, like they want to attach themselves to a group because they didn't feel associated with any other group. Or, you know, they're vindictive, jealous, manipulative, small minded, ignorant assholes because. I get that out of a lot of this stuff as well. People who like to yell, people who like to scream, and people who like to not let other people's opinions be heard, and not don't like to engage in constructive conversation. Screaming and censoring and this doesn't, right? Censorship is just screaming in silence, right? It's just cutting someone's off, it's just cutting someone off. <clears throat> It doesn't, it doesn't make permanent change. It causes resentment and backlash, reaction. So, with some of the alt-left stuff, like, you know, there are equality pushes and things like that. I get it. Like, the point is, like, the point's not missed on me. I want equality for everybody, too. But you can't have equality for everybody. It's just not the way society works. We don't live in a fully egalitarian society. We never have and we never will. And to try to force the issue is, a f- is is pushing against forces that are much stronger than your social manifestations of what you personally think is right. It's not important what you think is right for the wider society. You have to look after yourself. That's the only way this thing can work. We, by looking after ourselves, we will naturally look after each other for sure. But all this chaos of this alt left garbage, this alt right garbage, this is going to swing the other way. Like I said, we're, we're not, we're not far away from a from a complete restart. And my only, my only hesitation and my only trepidation on saying that I can't wait for that. <coughs> is that I feel a massive recession is on the rise, and I hear more and more people talking about it, and I think if you go back to episode 10, maybe, of this show, back earlier in the year, I've been talking about how Trump's uplift of economy, you know, his growth, his economy growth that has been shown on the reports, is just a figment of our imagination, it's trumped up, you know, excuse the pun, and that a recession is coming. And if you look at what's happening with the stock market in America and if you look at what's happening with, you know, the fact that a shutdown of their government is looming, you can you start to see some things. Economists start to start speaking out a little bit more readily about the fact that a recession is probably right around the corner. So if you haven't been listening, I don't know what to tell you. Um I gave you I got Chris Delia was saying this on his podcast the other day, he was doing the De Niro thing. I gave you a chance to be a real cop and you blew it. You blew it. Well, I warned you a recession was coming and you did nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um no, it's uh, it's definitely coming. It's definitely coming. You can see all the trends happening. You've got a no-deal Brexit on on the table. You got a housing market that's slowed down, you've got the chaos that's happening in America, governmentally, societally, all of this stuff. You see now the stock market because the trade deals aren't being ratified. In fact, the trade, trade deals between the EU and Japan are being ratified, right? So it's giving, it's giving this air of apprehension and worry that's coming around. And I'm not going to sign off on this podcast on a negative note because I think we're going to get through it. I hope we're going to get through it. We must get through it. But a lot of these things are a glitch in the matrix and they're not going to last because it can't because they're untenable. Because like I said before, you can't yell your way to an answer or a solution or a final product. You have to compromise. You have to see rational thought and consideration. And I think we're going to come to our senses and we're going to understand that the people who are pretending to be outraged or are conveniently outraged or are virtue signaling to be a part of another group. We're going to realize the absurdity of this en masse and we're not going to stand for it. So now where we're currently catering to these people and apologizing to these people for saying words that they don't like or, you know, being a certain way that they don't approve of, you know, this toxic masculinity because you're a fucking dude. Like, no, you know, this body positive of obese women, no. Right, this transgendering or this uh, gender reallocation of toddlers. No, we're gonna snap out of this because we can't have it. You can't be feeding hormones to kids, and you can't pretend that 300 pound women that are five foot three are healthy and body positive. Can't do it. We gotta snap out of it. We gotta understand that you can have different context for different words and the details are the only thing that matter and that nuance needs to be brought back and also accountability needs to be set in place. But just because you're outraged doesn't mean you're right. And just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it's a fact. And just because your feelings are hurt doesn't mean you get to hurt someone else's. Just because someone's self-expression may make you uncomfortable Doesn't mean it's wrong. And we have to snap the fuck out of things. And I think what we need to do. Is we need to collectively. Be a voice. That reinforces the reasonable. The reasonable. Viewpoint. Of strength. And democracy. That includes freedom of speech. And bring about. A sensible cohesion of our society again and recognize that the way we've been for the past few years has all been a bit of an upset tummy. It's all been a bit of a bad dream. But that we can together wake up, get the fuck out of it, recognize our mistakes and move forward in a progressive way. So, on that note, this is The end of 2018. It's episode 63 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. As always, you can get us on Twitter and Facebook. You can get us on SoundCloud. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Stitcher and TuneIn if you fancy it. But I don't know anybody that uses those platforms, but our podcast is there nonetheless. So go and find us somewhere. Facebook, hit us up. Twitter, hit us up. We want to hear from you. And... 63 episodes for, I say we all the time, right? And, and it is a we if you, if you include my two puppies that are always here with me, Okina Mimi and Samson. Say a little something to, for the mic, guys. All right, good times. So, it's been a great year. I've had a ton of fun doing this. We are done now until 2019, but we will be coming back. Uh, bigger and better than ever. I had kind of planned to do a video podcast, make the last one uh, of the year a video podcast, but it wasn't to be. And I'm going to set that equipment up and make that uh, one of the things that we're going to add to the show in the new year. So you'll be able to check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, we're going to start a page there also, but for now, guys, I just want to say thank you for all the support. Thank you for listening all the time, um, whether it, you are in the UK, you're in Canada, you're in the US, or you know further afield than that, I appreciate you. All the people that have followed us on Facebook and Twitter, I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'd be doing it anyways, but it makes it a whole lot better that you guys do come and and listen to everything that we've got to rant about, and we'll keep doing it as long as you keep listening. So uh, let's make 2019 even better than 2018. Let's focus on being the best version of ourselves, and you know, let's be good to each other, man. Let's have a good year. There's going to be some interesting stuff. We're going to need. Uh, we're going to need. We're going to need the people next to us. We're going to need the people close to us. So let's focus on that. And uh, yeah, that's it. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a Happy New Year. Um, I love you all. And, uh, and again, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. So um, until next year, guys, all the best.